Do you suffer from emotional eating? Today, we're talking about the mindset and the triggers that contribute to emotional eating on this episode of Coffee with Tea. So please stick around and enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Tiny Tyler, and I'm excited because we're going to talk to Miss Kayla Barnes, and we're going to talk about a little bit about emotional eating. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Miss Kayla Barnes to the show. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's a I'm pleasure to have to you. Yeah. And we're going to, I, I, you know, I always, before we really dive into the conversation, I always like to open up and have you tell a little bit about how, who you are, first of all, and how has this whole COVID-19 maybe shifted your mindset as you're starting to go into as we're reopening and stuff like that. So who are you and how has COVID been affecting you, my dear? Yeah, so I'm Kayla Barnes, owner of Kayla Barnes Fitness, LLC, Lifestyle and Health Coaching. I'm a certified personal trainer. I have a degree in exercise science, as well as a precision nutrition level one health coach. And COVID's really changed my perspective of health and fitness. And I used to think that my job was very cemented in the gym and it had to be, that was the only way that I could reach people. And that's, that's not the case. And so online coaching and Online fitness is kind of, I feel like, where it's going. Um, And a lot of people are like, well, the gyms are reopening. Don't you think they're going to go back to the gyms? And, well, people are people, and they need accountability. They need someone holding their hand and walking them through it. So I don't see this going away anytime soon. I think this is the way of the future. So, Well, you know, I think, think, you know, I think we we like you said we we learned something that you know we don't have to operate in the same patterns that we used to. So yeah, this is a whole new ball game that we have to like address. So, you know, I we you know I th- I thought your fast your story was fascinating, and that's why I really wanted to reach out to you. Is, you know, explain to us because you know you talked about how you know we network and you help people like reestablish their their um their membership or the relationship with food. And so how did this become such a passionate subject for you? Because I've experienced it. Um, I never once thought that I had a problem with food. I, I feel like I was able to eat all the things and not have any problem. I feel like for the most part, I was I was actually like the skinny girl in school. I couldn't gain weight. I was 80 pounds for like three years of my life when I was young and I I went through, I think, a lot of emotional trauma in a short amount of time. And then I was on a really restrictive diet that kind of created this issue that I then experienced. Um, And I I went through a a bout of binge eating and I, I thought I was diseased and I wanted to figure out what was wrong with me. And I tried everything I could possibly think of, therapy, OA, all of the things. And I finally realized, you know, what it was. And it was, it was the diet that was causing it amongst other things. But I went through it personally and I, I know how tormenting it can be 
to be in that space. And it's unfortunate, but a lot of women suffer with this. And it's such a was that you don't want to talk about. It's so almost like cliche or, or what is that the word? <laughs> like, it's it's taboo. like taboo. There taboo, you go. Yeah. yeah, taboo. It's like no one wants to talk about it, but we 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 normalize alcoholism. That's okay. But if you have a problem with food, you're weird and you have a real problem. And it's like we need to talk about this more because it's a it's a real problem and we can fix it. We are our own problem and we're also our own solution. Um, so that, that's why it's so dear to my heart. Right. And I know you talked about, we were talking about whether we call it uh, an addict, uh, an, you know, be an addict or a habit. And you said we don't call it an addict. So, so when you talk about binge eating, it, do you consider it a habit or an addict, you know? It's, it's a habit. I honestly consider it a habit. It's not... So it's a fine line. So I'm not a, a registered dietitian. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a binge eating disorder psychologist. I'm just someone who's been through it. And I feel like when you start labeling it as an addiction, it starts, you are labeling it with a scarcity mindset, which I feel like is one of the reasons why people start to binge in the first place. Uh, when you're an alcoholic, if you have any form of alcohol, you have broken your sobriety, right? Well, alcohol and, and food are very, very much different. We can survive without alcohol at all, but we cannot survive without any kind of food. We have to have food. So to tell someone that they can't have a certain type of food. So if you are considered a food addict and are in Food Addicts Anonymous, like FA, you can't have wheat or sugar. So if you were to have any of those things, you have broken your sobriety. And I just feel like, again, that's your, you're putting very harsh restrictions on the foods that people can have, further increasing their scarcity mindset, which are two of the reasons why people binge restrictive diets, and then scarcity mindset. And it's just feeding that addiction mindset that, oh, I'm broken. I have something wrong with me. I'm diseased. I'm always going to be this way. And then it makes other people almost like it's uncomfortable. So that's why I don't choose to look at it as an addiction. Um, it's a habit. We've used it for a purpose. It served a purpose. It served us well for the time that we needed it. Well, now we don't need it anymore. And so it's coming to terms with, I, it was a faulty coping mechanism, which is actually the third reason why people use it, right? It's they're, they're utilizing it to fix something, to ease pain of some sort. So it's serving a purpose, um, but I think it's very slippery. It's a very slippery slope if we consider it an addiction, at least in my opinion. Other people will probably love to argue against that. <laughs> like you said, I think some people are addicted to arguing. So, I mean, yeah, you can <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find it in both sides of your coin. So, you know, I really want to thank you for sharing your story and we're going to dive into a little bit more. And you talked about, just so I'm clear, before we go into like ways that we can tackle it, what's the three reasons people binge eat? Just so I, I make sure we're clear. Yeah, yeah. So the three reasons that at least I believe that I know to be true for me have been 
one, you're on a very restrictive diet. You have very restrictive food rules, very strict food rules. You've either cut out a lot of foods from your diet. You label foods as good or bad. Um, you are a chronic dieter. You've been dieting for long periods of time and you're severely possibly under eating and also for long periods of time, severely under eating. So that's the first one. So dieting basically. Two is scarcity. So the mindset of scarcity basically means like when you're at your aunt's house for Thanksgiving and your aunt makes this, you know, sweet potato casserole and someone else brings something else that they're known for making and that switch gets flipped where you're like, oh, I have to have that. I don't know when I'm going to have it again. I have to eat all the things, right? Or you go on vacation and you go somewhere that's known for something and you eat all of the things. That's scarcity mindset because you're telling yourself, I don't know when I'm going to be back here. I don't know when I'm going to have these things again. And that's what gets us into trouble. Um, and then the third thing is it's a faulty coping mechanism. It's, it's just, you know, we used it to help us in some way, but in all honesty, it was hurting us more than it was helping us. Right. Uh, thank you, Miss Kayla, for, you know, breaking that down a little bit, because I want to make sure that we're, we, we hit all three mm -hmm. reasons. And I also want to give you, this is where we hit. If you're enjoying what Miss Kayla is putting down and you're already picking some uh, nuggets up, please give us a thumbs up, put a comment down below so we can follow up. Because we're going to go into a little bit more of like some of the takeaways that maybe can help you address some of these issues that you're dealing. So Miss Kayla, um, you, what, what are some things that we can put in place to maybe help us deal with with um some of the uh the issues that are triggering this this habit or or you know yeah so i mean the the first thing with i mean this goes for anything really honestly tanya is if we want to stop something a behavior or we want to change a behavior we have to want to stop the behavior there has to be that want to change and binge eating is a cycle it usually goes restrict, binge, purge, restrict, binge, purge, et cetera. It just keeps going. So we have to first be able to recognize that cycle that's happening and we have to want to change. Um, so we just have to ask ourselves, is this something that we want to stop doing? Because sometimes you'll talk to someone who is a binge eater or a food addict or a compulsive overeater, and they'll tell you they want to change, but then their behavior says otherwise. So we have to I honestly want to change the behavior. How much pain is it actually causing you? You have to ask yourself that. Is it stopping you from living the life that you want to live? And if you can say, yes, it's stopping me from living my life, then I think we're giving ourselves that, okay, we need to, like, this is our, our, you know, we've hit the bottom and this is our sign that we need to make this change. Uh, so that's the first thing is really wanting to stop the, the activity, stop the behavior. Um, the second way, the second thing that they can do right now, and I know it's going to sound so weird because I am in the health and fitness industry, um, is you just, you have to get rid of the diet. Stop dieting. That's one of the biggest issues is you're dieting. You're in a very restrictive, probably a low calorie diet. You're under eating. You're not eating adequately. And your body is telling you that you need to eat. Binge eating is a direct response that your body is sending you that you need to eat more. So get rid of the diet. 
Um, and we need to start learning how to eat adequately. And for someone that has possibly been under eating for long periods of time, that's going to feel really weird. You might not even know how to do that. Um, but it's going to take, it's going to take some time and overcoming that scarcity mindset, right? So allowing yourself to have the foods that you want and tell yourself you can have them whenever you want. And also knowing like when is too much and, and that sort of thing. And that's something we can get into later. Um, and the third one is recognizing that this behavior is hurting us, that it is faulty and it's taking the necessary steps to cope with our unwanted emotions because that's ultimately what we're doing, right? When we're eating, we are immediately releasing endorphins in the body. Food is such a form of instant gratification like no other. That's why so many people gravitate towards it. So it's taking the steps to cope with those unwanted emotions and doing something else and reminding yourself that that's not what you want. Right, right. Thank you so much for, for sharing those tips and stuff like that. And I know we, we talked about, because I, I, I know there's, you know, it's a constant reminder because, you know, like you said, you can't live without food. So it's like you're always, always on a constant trajectory of like how to keep a balance. So is there like resources or things like you can put around to help you cope with those? Or, or you know, are there things like, for instance, I have like when I feel like I'm falling into a, an argument because I, like I said, I, I mentioned some people like to argue. I put on a reminder, don't go down this rabbit hole. So when I feel like I'm about to go there, I have a reminder. So are there things that we can put in place that help us deal with that or realize that we're going down that slippery slope? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing that I utilize constantly and I share this with my clients all the time are post-it notes. I have post-it notes almost in every room of my house, mostly in my, in my kitchen and in my bathroom. When I wake up, those are the first things that I see. And in my kitchen, they're, Lord, remind me I don't want to binge. Remind me that a binge is not going to fix it. Like, you know, this is not what I want. Remind me this is not what I want. Like, Lord, take this feeling away from me. Or I even have one that's funny. It says, not today, Satan. <laughs> It's like, no, this is not an option. Remind me that a binge is not an option. It's just not even on the cards of, you know, could I possibly do this today? Um, so post-it notes, definitely positive words of affirmation are definitely something that I think are really helpful um, and really figuring out why, why do you want to stop this behavior? Um, you could even write down on a piece of paper and maybe with your daily devotional or your morning meditation, or even at your nightly, you know, meditation before you go to bed, read that list of why, why do you want to stop this behavior? So that you can go hang out with your friends and not have to worry about eating all the things when you get home or, you know, going on vacation and enjoying your time. Right. And not being afraid to eat the foods there or whatever your reasons are. But reading them over and over again um, could be something that helps you, too. Right. Right. Like you said, just just keeping it. And like you said, your why in the forefront of why you want to change. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And I also want to, you know, we're, we're going to get to the point and, and I always ask people like, what's the one thing, if they don't hear anything else that you're sharing today, what's the one thing you want them to take away from this interview? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny that you said that. Um, 
because I was just thinking about that, right? If, if they could take away anything from, from today's talk, um, I mean, seek, seek help, obviously. And the thing that really, honestly, out of all of the stuff that I've already shared with you that has helped me, growing my relationship with God has been the ultimate changing factor of everything. Uh, no amount of post-it notes could help me without knowing that I have a, a Lord and Savior that has put me on this earth for a purpose and that that relationship above everything else, it matters the most. Um, so really diving into the word, being more active in Bible study uh, and just wanting to learn about, uh, you know, what he's done for us and, and about the Bible and everything like that. That's the, the biggest thing that's been a super game changer for me. Right, right. Well, thank you, Ms. Kelly, for sharing. And, you know, I got like maybe two questions I always ask. And the next question is like, for people who want to find more information about you, your services, where can they go? They can go to my website, KaylaBarnesFitness.com. All of my social media links are there. And um, yeah, they can follow me on Facebook, Kayla Barnes, and then on Instagram, Kayla Marie Fit. Well, thank you, Ms. Ms. Kayla. My last question is not official, but I always like to ask, would you be willing to come back and maybe have a deeper dive into something else that we can actually talk about? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to come back. This has been really great. I hope my message has been helpful to someone. Um, I hope it hasn't triggered anyone. Um, I, I'm just here to, you know, share my experience and hopefully help others that felt the same way that they were diseased and destined to be in this dark place all their life and to tell them recovery is possible. And it's not an easy road, but it's so worth it once you get there. And it's not one of those things, at least I think that's just going to go away. There are times where I have, I still have those thoughts, but knowing that I can control whether or not I follow through with it, I don't have to always, I don't have to follow that thought anymore. It's, it's not like it was. So recovery is possible. Again, Miss Kayla, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your insight. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you so much. Again, I hope my, my words and my message was helpful to someone and um, help, helps them recover and, and find food freedom because that's, that's my goal. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I also want to remind everybody who tuned in that, you know, feedback is always welcome. Please email us any guests or show ideas. Links that Kayla mentioned will be posted down there below. So please make sure you check out those juicy gems down there, the, all the descriptions and links and everything that will be down there. Please, if you enjoy us, give us a, a thumbs up. Let us know that you enjoyed watching. And if you enjoy these videos and you want to get more insight that like, great insight that Kayla shared today please hit that subscribe button over there and remember take things in stride go with the flow and create your own path and we will see you back here on another episode of coffee with tea all right bye-bye Hi everyone, this is Tanya again, popping in to say thank you for listening to today's show. Coffee with Tea interviews are always free, 
And if you're enjoying the wisdom and insights that are being shared, please stay and grow with us and show your financial support. You can buy us coffee or become a monthly supporter. Links are posted in the description box. And again, I wanted to personally say thank you for tuning in.